He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. Good morning, Father. Good morning, John Ray. How's it going today? Uh, the weather is fantastic. Isn't so it? I, I am doing fantastic. Like hunting season is, you can smell it in the air. Yeah. I'm and a, in fact, if you're from Ville Platte, last weekend was a national holiday. Yeah. I'm a big deer hunter. I'm actually a pretty big everything hunter. And so uh, with the beginning of October, usually it's kind of hard to get in there because the mosquitoes are so bad. But sure. with this cold front and a cool front coming in again uh, this weekend, that's just God blessing. Absolutely. You know, that's, God, that's God's blessings. So a hunter of the animals and a hunter of the souls, right? Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, or I, I tell people, you know, they say eight years for seminary for, for to become a priest. Say so that's like becoming a doctor. I say, yeah, doctor of the soul. Soul. There yep. we go. A healer of the soul. Yeah. I like it. Um, I mean, then we, we triage in this very room, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> there we go. We're in the confessional, if you didn't know. Yep. So, uh, so what's going on? What's new? Uh, well, this past weekend, me and Father Brady kind of gave uh, appointed homily. Every now and then, we'll get together and I say, okay, look, we both need to address this certain topic, huh? Sure. Uh, two weeks ago. And the topic was, uh, just before we dive in, yeah. the topic was pro-life, yep. right? Right to life. Why is that? Why would you address that on that particular weekend? So every uh, month is dedicated to something uh, within the Catholic Church. It's kind of, I say it's kind of like a... A yearly checklist or to-do list or to make sure that we're we're not forgetting anything so like families okay look we got to clean the gutters this month okay we need to mow the grass this week okay we need to take pictures uh, for Easter or for Christmas okay we need to do this and, you know you have your weekly you have your monthly you have your yearly annual uh, checklist just being a house owner right or uh, having a family and so the church being the big family of God uh, the house of God uh, has a checklist right so uh, I go to confession this often I go to mass once a week uh, okay this month is dedicated to the rosary this month to the sacred heart of Jesus this one and so um, as a reminder yeah you know because we follow liturgical seasons and so each month the, the church helps give us something to focus on and maybe focus our prayer to and our actions and our initiatives. Yeah. And so every month dedicated to something just to make sure we're not forgetting anything or we're not uh, slipping on, on one area. It's an annual checklist. Yeah. Uh, and so October is? October is kind of dedicated to two things. One on the faith side, it's um, dedicated to the rosary. Mm-hmm. On the on kind of like the dogmatic side, the 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 belief side is dedicated to pro life or to right to life. Sure, right to life. And as Catholics, being pro life is much more than just being against abortion. It's also being you know till natural death, right? So we don't believe in euthanasia. We believe that people should live a happy, healthy, full life in whichever way that they can, right? So we we fight all, being pro-life is also passing laws where governments respect human freedom. Uh, it's also about, um, you know, being against contraceptives, right? And the 
America's block life. Um, and so being pro-life, it covers a multitude of topics. We believe that every life has dignity <laughs> from conception to natural death, right? Bingo. And some big things happen in that, uh, in that uh, movement this year. We started actually talking about it last January when you got back from the Right to Life March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of rumored that uh, the Supreme Court would overturn Roe versus Wade. This law, this uh, or this law that was passed by the Supreme Court in nineteen January of nineteen seventy three. I think it was January twenty second or January twenty third of nineteen seventy three, where it stated uh, the law that was passed by the Supreme Court said that states do not have a right to regulate abortion within their own local communities, that uh, abortion is a constitutional right found within the Constitution, um, and so therefore it should not be regulated or um, kicked to the states. It should be a national law. It should be a, a, a right, a constitutionally protected right. Yes. And so, um, so but it was rumored in January that there might be legislation coming before the courts that could potentially overturn Roe v. Wade. And then in May or, or, or June, that happened. Um, and I'll link in the podcast, uh, Father Brady came on and uh, for, for those of you who are listening who may know, who, who may be new, Father Brady's our pastor. Um, he's been about 15 years a priest. Um, and prior to that, he was an attorney. So in June, the week after the Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court, Father Brady was on the podcast and he and I spent probably close to an hour unpacking it from a legal standpoint um, of what the um, implications of that Supreme Court decision that overturned Roe v. Wade. So we don't have to jump into the weeds of all of that. Yeah. This last weekend, you and Father Brady talked about what it means to be pro-life and how some of these laws and some misconceptions that came up. and Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and Father Brady, our pastor, definitely has a mind for that. He was a civil lawyer before becoming a priest, and now as a priest, he's a canon lawyer. A canon lawyer doesn't mean he walks around with pirate guns or anything. Uh, it means that it's pretty much just, just black a, powder. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the laws of the church. Right, so goes from a civil lawyer to a church lawyer. Right. So the canons are the laws of the church, yep. um, and so he is versed in the laws of the church. It kind of makes sense when he became a priest; they wanted to take the attorney and make him a an attorney in the church. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't necessarily have to deal with like interacting with civil authorities or anything like that. Uh, what a canon lawyer, a church lawyer is, is really just the laws of the church that help save souls. For mm -hmm. instance, the la very last canon or the very last law of the church, it says it is the supreme law. This is kind of like the mission statement of the entire Catholic Church. It says that um, in all things, it, it lists a ton of laws, and then it says the gloves are off if for the glorification of God and the salvation of souls. So mm -hmm. the, the twofold mission of the church is to glorify God and to save souls. That's the whole reason why the church exists. And so that, uh, those are kind of the laws of the church. And, and so he has a mindset for civil law because he was a civil lawyer. And so this past weekend, we wanted to talk about just um, like some common misconceptions that's been going around uh, about the overturn of Roe versus Wade because 
uh, media preys on people's ignorance and and it has been for much longer than this but especially in this you mean the news would exaggerate a story or for just, ratings or just straight up lie oh yeah and so shocker yeah and so that what well, one of the things so what did the overturn of roe versus wade do the overturning of roe versus wade or the case roe and casey right um in june this past year did not outlaw abortion it did not uh, what it did was it said that abortion is found nowhere in the constitution go figure all you had to do was read it. And uh, it's incredibly flawed logic. And the Supreme Court has overturned their decisions before and many other cases, not just this one. And I think it's important to know that, you know, we spent four or five decades um, standing up for life since 1973. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, and and it was essential that a new court, a new case come before the court in order to overturn. Roe v. Wade. The, the courts can't just arbitrarily decide, oh, well, we were wrong, right? Mm -hmm. I guess they could, but it, it's more doable when they try another case. Then they yes. can reinvestigate the findings of the previous. Yeah. And so with, with this new case, Roe and Casey, the overturning of uh, Roe versus Wade, it did not outlaw abortion. All it did was say that it's not found in the Constitution, so therefore it's not a federal right. That means it kicks it back to the states. America is very much against totalitarianism, which means that like, um, we're very much against big government. Like, uh, that's the whole reason why America was founded. <laughs> to, to, I mean, to kind of go to get away from the uh, from Eng you know the the hierarchy or the you know the kingship, um, and so that the people can govern themselves morally. Um, and so, with that, it kicked it back to the states, and now individual states vote on whether to have abortion mills within their own local communities. Okay, so with that, what are some common misconceptions? That was a big one, right? So the overturn of Roe versus Wade outlawed abortion. It did not do that. Another misconception that's been kind of breathlessly spewed is that women are persecuted um, for seeking an abortion. There is no current law within the United States that allows for the persecution of women who are trying to seek an abortion. There is none. They, they tried to pass one and it was vehemently opposed, right? And when I say they tried to pass one, like they, someone submitted a piece of paper, right? And, and it said like, look, if a woman tries to do this, then we should be able to, per and it was immediately, and it was only happened once. And I tried to do my research and try to find a past law within America that, that had the persecution of women that sought abortions. I don't think I found one. I think the closest one I found, I'm, look, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this. Um, and so people take this with it's a grain okay. of salt. They all know you're from Scott. Yeah. So t yeah, I'm only from Scott. So take this with a grain of salt. I think it was like 1960 something in Arkansas. They had a law, maybe, or it got really close to becoming a law. 
um, about the persecution of women that sought an abortion, um, but it did not last not even a year. Um, and so you, there is no current law for sure that allows for the persecution of women. I know, I know media outlets will say this, but no, honestly, it's just a straight up lie. There, there is no law that allows for that. And then an, another lie that I kind of debunked, or I tried to, um, was this kind of quote that people say, like, women will die um, even if, like, it's a troubled pregnancy and hospitals won't perform abortions, right? So, like, if it's a problem pregnancy and a woman's going to die, hospitals will refuse to do an abortion. <clears throat> well, I kind of broke that up into two parts one is a late term pregnancy right so if the baby if the mother is prolonged right in her pregnancy and uh, the baby is viable outside of the womb it's a much easier process to have a c-section and then to deliver the baby even if there's a small chance of survival for the baby it's much easier for the woman the mom physically and it gives the baby a chance to live even if it's a small chance right because to perform a late term abortion the process to prepare the woman is pretty gruesome and it's pretty exacting it takes over a day of like heavy preparation on the woman's part uh, and it leaves her body kind of in shambles after right and the baby in pieces right so it's healthier for the mom and it gives a possible chance of survival for the baby versus leaving the mother more damaged and the baby in pieces in regards to a late term abortion um now, when, when is the baby viable outside the womb? Uh, I kind of gave the example. My godson, my first nephew, he's a little miracle child in the family. He was born at 25, 25 28 weeks. He was two pounds. Right? It, was, it, was, uh, it was hard. Uh, he was 10 weeks in a NICU. And w we would go visit him every day, you know. Um, but he could fit in the palm of your hand. You know, to go and see him, he was so small. We still have pictures of him, uh, and it was it was kind of it was heartwarming to see, like my mom and my dad and my grandparents and all that. They would go and put pictures of themselves over the NICU uh, just to kind of let their faces be seen. And that's kind of the miracle child. I have some friends uh, that work at Women's and Children, and they say kind of their record is 22 weeks. That's pretty incredible. 22 weeks, a woman is pregnant, and the, they were able to deliver through a problem because of complications. Uh, the baby safely, and with no problems. Um, my, my godson, he's perfect, healthy, all that. Okay. So that's a kind of a late-term pregnancy. What about early-term Right, so women will die, you know, if this abortion is not performed and hospitals refuse to do that. Well, if it's an early term pregnancy and it's a problem, 
right? So 99% of the time, this is called an ectoptic pregnancy. Ectoptic means that the baby is lodged, formed outside of the woman's womb, right? And, and 99% of that time is uh, in the fallopian tube. Uh, the fallopian tube, it doesn't make it all the way uh, to, the, to the womb. Well, in that case, the baby formed in the fallopian tube. If the, if the pregnancy continues, that baby is guaranteed to die. And so is the mom. There is a 100% chance that that baby will die and so will the mom. If, um, and that, that's, that's guaranteed. Uh, as, as, to the best of my knowledge, that's guaranteed. Um, so what do you do? You know, that's a, that's a problem pregnancy. And the mother will die if you don't do something about that. Well, there, there's a procedure. The principle that I talked about is called the principle of double effect. And that's a Catholic moral principle. Um, it states that I intend to do the good, I will the good, but there is an unintended, foreseen, bad outcome along with it. For instance, self-defense. The fifth commandment that God gave humanity, thou shalt not kill. But parents have a duty to protect their families. And so what happens if there's an attack? Right. Well, the principle of double effect, I will, I intend to protect my family. The unintended bad is that I, I essentially I would have to take someone else's life. Right. That's the, called the principle of double effect. Well, I intend to do the good and the bad is unintendedly begrudgingly endured. Very few cases fall into this principle, principle of double effect. And ectoptic pregnancy is one of them. So... The procedure, if the baby is formed within the fallopian tube, the procedure would remove the fallopian tube. With the removal of the fallopian tube, the mother's life is saved. The baby's life is lost. I do not intend that the baby's life is lost. In fact, I begrudgingly endure it. It's extraordinarily painful. I do not want that. But... I have to save the mother, right? Because if I don't do that pregnancy, then but then both of them are lost, right? Another example that I used was uh, okay, a lifeguard's on life duty, right? Or you know, he's watching people swim in the ocean, and uh, two people are drowning, but you can only save one. Where you go and save one, right? But you cannot, right, purposefully go drown the other one and then go save the other one. No, you have to save one and the other one that's being lost is like, I don't want to lose him, but I have to choose one, right? And so that an ectoptic pregnancy, the procedure removing the fallopian tube, I intend to remove the damaged tissue, to save the mom, but the unintended bad, we lose the baby. And I've had a few doctors, I, I said that from the pulpit, and I had a few doctors at every mass, they said, I can't believe people, you know, think that that's a, an abortion. And I said, yeah, well, that's what they tell them. You know, that's what, that's what news outlets and everything like that will, will say about these problem pregnancies. Or they'll just say that, yeah, um, it's, it's all about intent, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, 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 and we've regard, talked yes. about that 
on earlier episodes of the podcast when we've talked about sin, right? In order for a mortal sin to be mortal sin, three things must happen. It has to be grave matter. You have to know that it's grave matter and you have to freely choose. You have to have the intent to do it, mm-hmm. right? In this particular circumstance, the intent is not to kill the baby. Yes. The intent is to save the mother. Bingo. So, and so I, I tried to. So, uh, for mm-hmm. clarity, the church doesn't say that in all circumstances we have to save the baby, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. That when mom's life is truly in danger, an atopic preg- pregnancy, right? The the church says we can save mom's life. Yeah. Notice the church doesn't say we can kill the baby. The church says Bingo. we can save mom's life. Yeah. Yep. You got it. And that's uh. You know that, that I, I I tried to talk about two three of the biggest rumors, right? But you know they I'm sure they have one coming out every day, right? And so I just tried to kind of tackle two or three of them. And I I talked about okay moving forward as as Catholics, okay Roe versus Wade is overturned, it's kicked back to the states. What do we do? Um, what 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 do we do now? I told people um, kind of three things. One, to learn about the issues. So many people, and I understand, so many people get kind of anxiety or worried or, or something like that whenever a certain issue of Catholic faith comes up because it's like, oh, Father, look, I believe it. I just don't know how to defend it, huh? Uh, and I tell them, it's like, well, it's kind of like a kid going to take a test and when he didn't study. And of course, he's nervous, you know, but if we learn about the issues, it could it could be much better for us in regards to like, I don't get nervous talking about it because I just, I just kind of, I've learned or I've tried to do my best to learn about these issues. And I feel much more confident in my answers and my defense and my explanations of things. Um, and so I, I, I gave um, a kind of a plug for Trent Horn. Trent Horn is a phenomenal um man who explains the Catholic faith, a, literally one of the head uh, apologists is what they're called. Apologia is just an explanation. He's, he doesn't apologize for stuff. He just explains the Catholic faith really well. Uh, and it's literally catholic.com. We could have made that our website for St. Pius, but it was taken. Mm. Uh, but Catholic.com, Trent Horn, he's phenomenal. He has a book called Persuasive Pro-Life, uh, a great book. Or if you prefer to just like listen or watch YouTube and stuff, he has a YouTube channel where he covers a multitude of topics um, in one-minute segments an hour-long segment, you know, and everything in between. And so it's to learn about the issues, right, um, just in your own private time, just how in similar you're, you're listening to this podcast, right, uh, and you, you want to learn more about the faith. And so I kind of gave a plug for him. I think he's a great outlet in regards to learning about this topic. Um, I think the second thing I told uh, everyone is um, be very careful of politics and the news that there's a lot of confusion about what the definition of an abortion is both morally legally and uh, you know and medically and so to be very careful when it comes to politics and news about this topic like for instance Louisiana will most likely try to pass some type of abortion law we need to know about that 
we need to be careful about that. St. Paul says, be uh, gentle as doves, but shrewd as uh, serpents. Uh, yeah, so if you didn't realize that as soon as the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, there was what is called a trigger law in the state of Louisiana. So as it stands right now, abortion is illegal in the state of Louisiana. That trigger law went into effect immediately after the court's decision. That does not mean that it will stay illegal. Someone is going to bring legislation up to try to legalize um, abortion again in our state. Yep. And uh, and so to, for people to be kind of weary about that or be careful about that, right? So it would be like if I say, you know, Father, uh, the Bible says that Jesus isn't God. And I'll say like, where in the world does it say that? So it says it in the book of Revelation chapter 23. And I said, oh, okay. Well, I said, I just believe that. Well, if I look in my Bible, Revelation ends at chapter 22. <laughs> You know, so there is no such thing as Revelation chapter 23. So I, I use that as an example. If they say like, look, this law, it does this and it's great. Well, why don't I just read the law? Mm. You know, why don't I just read exactly what they say it's supposed to do? Uh, and maybe maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe not. You know, um, and then the final thing uh, for Catholics uh, know about our organizations that help families. Uh, not only women and but also men, huh? It's a, um, our Desormo Foundation here in Lafayette, our local organization. Um, we had a baby bottle campaign uh, this past weekend. We have a pro that will continue mm -hmm. throughout the month of October. So, if you didn't come to mass, if you were out of town this last weekend. Um, be sure to grab a baby bottle, fill it up with a donation, um, and then bring it back towards the, at some point this month. And the proceeds of that go to the Desormo Foundation, which actively reaches out to women and children. Yep. And, uh, or we have a pro-life, uh, ministry here at St. Pius, our local community. Um, and so just learning about these things. Look, maybe I can't personally give someone help, but maybe I can point them to someone who can help. Consider fostering, consider adopting, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I think Father Brady and I talked about this in detail back in June. One of the biggest things, you know, for almost five decades, the pro-life, we have prayed for the end of abortion, right? And now the reality is, in some states, it's here. You know, whether it's permanent or not, time will tell us. But the reality is unwanted pregnancies haven't gone away, mm -hmm. right? And women who don't know our Lord, who don't live our faith, who don't view the world through our lens because they just have never been taught, still find themselves um, pregnant in crisis pregnancies without the means or the ability to take care of these babies. And as a pro-life generation, it's time for us to step up and put our money really where our mouth has been, you know? Yeah. The, uh, in fact, this November 8th, it'll be a Tuesday, uh, our pro-life ministry here at St. Pius, uh, we're going to be offering a presentation on adoption, like common myths about adoption, uh, how to go about it, the different programs to use, uh, money, uh, and how much it will cost depending on different programs, uh, kind of heartbreaks. Uh, with that could happen because of it or you know just the whole process to give accurate information and also like how to pray about whether you're called to that or not so October 8th what time uh, 6 p.m. we'll have it uh, in our parish life center there'll be Im information in our bulletins and we'll, we'll make announcements and everything like that um, but yeah we wanted to offer that uh, for people that's cool um, 
Little known fact, I got my start in professional ministry as a layperson in the church at 19 years old. And I was invited into that because our youth group director at the church that I was involved in adopted a baby. It was her third baby that she had adopted. It was an open adoption. Right. Mm-hmm. So she the, the mom, the biological mother is still involved in, in 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 all actually now four of her children's lives. And each child that she adopted um, was from a woman who was uh, who had found herself in, in a crisis pregnancy situation. And so um, so my start in ministry was because a life was saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of left people on the note. Pray the rosary. Uh, for families that are struggling with this this decision, mm. um, you know, October is the dedicated to the Rosary, and uh, our Blessed Mother was faced with extraordinarily difficult situations when presented with the the news from the Angel of the Lord. Um, but our Blessed Mother chose life, and even at the cross, she didn't regret it. So, in wrapping up. Uh, if you are listening to this episode and you find yourself pregnant and you don't know where to turn, please reach out. We want to walk with you. We want to help. We want to give you the support that you need. Yep. If you have been victimized by abortion, if you are a mom or a dad um, who maybe in a previous life before you knew the Lord um, decided to terminate a pregnancy, um, know that we have means to walk with you and provide you the counseling and the support that you need wherever you find yourself. Um, know that the church still loves you. Know that we still love you and we're here to support you and walk walk, walk with you through that and however you need that and whatever you need that to look like. Um, please reach out. We would be happy. It would be our honor to be able to w- take this journey with you. Yeah. And Jesus came to heal the sick. The healthy have no need of a physician. Absolutely. So uh, thank y'all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you liked it, share it with a friend. Uh, be sure to like us and follow us on your podcast listener of choice. We hope that you have a great rest of your week and we'll see you at Mass this weekend. God bless. God bless. God bless.